welcome to The Budget Mouse, a podcast that will help you have an incredible Walt Disney World vacation, even if you're on a shoestring budget. I'm Leah, the blogger behind The Budget Mouse and The Frugal South. I visit Disney World many times each year and have tons of tricks for doing Disney on the cheap. I want you to have the incredible vacation you deserve, so I'm sharing all of my tricks with you on my sites and here in the podcast. This week's show is a compilation of nightly trip reports from my September trip to Walt Disney World, so let's dive in. everyone and welcome to episode 45 of the Budget Mouse podcast. I finally made it to Walt Disney World earlier this week. I was delayed thanks to Hurricane Dorian and I had a great and action-packed trip. So this episode is a compilation of nightly trip reports that I released every day while I was there. And there's three of them because like I said it was a pretty short trip. Before we get to that I do want to announce that we had to also reschedule our meetup thanks to the hurricane. So it is now scheduled for Thursday, October 17th. It's at 3 p.m. at Contempo Cafe, which is inside the Contemporary Resorts, right on the monorail level. And it'll last till four, and it's just a chance to meet other Disney fans and get some swag and some cupcakes. So I hope to see some of you there. One other announcement is that I am giving away a very cute Mickey ceramic travel mug that I picked up at Epcot when I was there for Food and Wine Festival. And you'll have to go to the blog to enter. So it's thebudgetmouse.com and you'll see the giveaway there on the homepage. And it does end Sunday, this Sunday, which I don't even know what the date is this Sunday, the 15th. Okay, so you gotta enter before September 15th. If you're listening to this later, I'm sorry that you missed it. All right, let's get to the trip reports. Here they are. Hey everyone, it's Sunday, September 8th, and it's the first night of my trip reports from this September trip. Now this was a delayed trip thanks to Hurricane Dorian. I was supposed to be here last week and I put the trip off until the weather cleared. And I just wanna say a bit about that because I was able to cancel a room only reservation with Orbitz because it was more than a week in advance. And then I was able to rebook that reservation at Coronado Springs. So that's a great benefit of a room-only reservation is that you can cancel it up to, I believe it's five days in advance and um, get a complete refund and there's no fees. Now, I had booked the other night of the trip with a DVC through an owner directly and I reached out to the owner who I had rented the points from and I said, is there any chance you would check availability to see if we could move the reservation? And he was really helpful. He did check and found a night at a studio at Old Key West. So. I wasn't out my money for my DVC reservation and was able to move it. So, you know, that's something to think about if you're looking to rent Disney Vacation Club points is that usually owners are willing to move the reservation and this reservation used fewer points, but I just said, don't worry about it. I'm grateful to have any room and um, it was, you know, less value for the money, but it didn't matter to me because I was able to get a room at DVC. So I'm here at Coronado Springs for a night and I wanted to stay here because I haven't stayed here in a while and there have been lots of changes and wow, it looks like a completely different resort from the last time I stayed here. So 
I came here on Magical Express and it took the typical hour and a half to get here from when the flight landed to when I arrived here at Coronado Springs. Magical Express drops off now at the Grand Destino Tower. So that is the new tower. It's part of Coronado Springs. So everyone arrives there via Magical Express and that is where all of the check-in desks are now. And I wasn't sure about that because they used to be on the other side of the resort, but they are now here at Grand Destino Tower. I am not staying in the Grand Destino Tower. I booked a preferred room and I was I actually booked it through Hotwire, I meant to say, um, at the last minute. I've got a preferred room for $121 plus tax, which is an excellent price through Hotwire. And um, you can always go to the blog for that post. It's a very popular post on the blog about how to find Disney World resorts on Hotwire. So um, my room luckily was ready about 11 a.m. So I only hung out for about an hour and worked in the lobby. Um, it's a very um, convention-friendly hotel. There's a convention center here at Coronado Springs, so there was tons of space to set my laptop up and get some work done. And um, it was just a lovely lobby and a nice place to hang out. So if you're stuck there for a little bit, it's actually a really nice place to hang out. So um, I'm going to do a post on the blog ranking the moderate resorts, which is a really hard thing to do because they all have pros and cons and there's not nothing that clearly stands out to me. So it's going to be an interesting post. Um, one of the, the cons of Coronado Springs is that it's huge. I forgot how big it was and you have to hike to get around this place, but I'm going to do a thorough description of each resort, including Coronado Springs in that post. So I headed to Epcot for Food and Wine Festival after that and um, tasted all new stuff this year. I was trying to not repeat anything I had had and then I met my friend Kristen and we went to the wine seminar that took place today so there's low-cost seminars throughout food and wine festival I believe every single day of the festival there's something going on oh no I think they changed that now it's just Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday maybe Monday, sorry. Um, we went to, as the first time I'd ever been to a low cost seminar, it was outstanding. It was $19 and you can get a $2 discount if you're DVC annual pass holder. Uh, I don't know what else, something else I think. So it was South African wines. And the woman who gave the presentation was like a spitfire. She was amazing. She taught us so much about wine in 40 minutes. I couldn't believe it. My brain is still, my head is like spinning around. <laughs> I, I learned so much about wine, how it's grown, particular challenges in South Africa. We tasted three different wines and one of the wines is a $100 bottle of wine. So I felt like I got a lot of bang for my buck with my $19 ticket to um, this wine seminar. But I highly recommend if you have done Food and Wine Festival before and you're looking for just one thing to plus your experience a little bit, check out the low cost seminars that are going on while you're here. That was a wonderful addition to my visit to Food and Wine Festival. I was riveted through the whole thing about this wine. So I then took the boat to Hollywood Studios. I haven't done that in a while. It is slow going, y'all. It took 40 minutes to get from Epcot to Hollywood Studios on that boat. Just expect that it will take a while. I could have walked, but my feet were already hurting at that point, and I still had a lot of walking to do. So I went to Hollywood Studios to check out Galaxy's Edge. Now, it was empty y'all it was like no one was there I don't know what is going on I can only think that I mean, Epcot was fairly empty as well I can only think that people canceled trips due to the hurricane and that 
that explains it. I mean, this is normally not a super busy time of year, granted, but I thought with the opening of Galaxy's Edge, there would be a surge in crowds. There was not. It's the contrary. I don't know what it'll look like a week from now or in October. I'm coming back in October, so I'll find out, but it, it was it was deserted, basically. So I was able to just walk right into Galaxy's Edge. I literally walked on to the Millennium Falcon in the single rider line, which is wonderful that they have a single rider line for that attraction. The standby wait was 25 minutes, which was way shorter than I thought. And this was in the afternoon. This was like at five, so almost evening. Um, I liked the Millennium Falcon. It was not outstanding to me. It was um, fun, but nothing that I would wait multiple hours to ride. Certainly not. Um, my favorite thing was the food, of course, not a surprise. I ate some great quick service food at Docking Bay 7, and um, I'm putting pictures of that all up on my Instagram. I'm at the Budget Mouse, if you haven't found me yet. Um, I think a criticism of galaxy's edge is that it does kind of feel like you have to pay to play there um the droids building the droids or building the lightsaber or going to the cantina all cost extra money and without doing any of that it does feel a bit empty now this will change when the second attraction opens in december i think it's december 5th star wars rise of the resistance which is the headliner attraction so granted that is not open yet but it did feel a bit like not that much to do. Um, I am going to the cantina tomorrow. You don't need a reservation at this point with this kind of crowd level, but I did get one just in case because I didn't want to wait in line. Um, so I hung out in Star Wars for a while, got some pictures, or sorry, in Galaxy's Edge for a while, got some pictures, and then did a little more research for my post on the best and worst quick service dining at Hollywood Studios, which is my last of the four parks to do a post on on the blog. I wish it was better there, but it's kind of grim. So <laughs> watch for that coming soon to the blog. So tomorrow I'm going back to Hollywood Studios and back to Epcot, and that's probably all I'm going to be up for because my feet are tired. So I will come at you again tomorrow and tell you a bit about Old Key West, which is where I'm moving to tomorrow. Interestingly, the longest wait of the day was at 6.30 a.m. So many people are think that the best time to go is during those extra magic hours, apparently. Um, and it was 65-minute wait at 6.30 a.m. At 7.30 a.m., it was a 45-minute wait. At 9.05, right after it opened to all guests, it was a 55-minute wait. And then it dropped back down to 45 minutes at 10.15 a.m. When I got there um, to Galaxy's Edge at about 11 a.m., it was 50 minutes. And then when I checked again at 6.30 p.m., it was down to 40 minutes. So I would say there really is no reason to go early. You're going to have the longest wait of the day if you go early in the morning. So that's good news to people who did not want to wake up at 5 a.m. to get there at 6, right? Um, now, interesting for Slinky Dog Dash, I also monitored those and at 6.30 a.m. there was only a 15-minute wait, and by 7.30 a.m. it was a 35-minute wait, and it stayed 35 minutes all day. So if you're planning a visit in the fall during this time period where there's uh, early morning extra magic hours for three hours at Hollywood Studios, I believe that goes until early November, um, I would say maybe just hold off and wait. Maybe go at the very end of that early morning extra magic hours, or uh, you can really... I don't see much benefit of them unless you want to ride Slinky Dog Dash, but you're gonna have to get there pretty early for that. Um, but even a 35 minute wait for Slinky Dog Dash 
is not too bad in my opinion. And um, this is only applicable to this time in September. So I don't know what the crowds will look like in October or November. So we'll just take that with a grain of salt. So I had a reservation for Ogus Cantina, which is the bar in Galaxy's Edge at 11.20 a.m. Now, I still had to wait in the line. You kind of check in and then you go to the end of the line. And um, there were people in front of me and behind me who did not have reservations. And we ended up all going in together. In fact, the people behind me without reservations went in ahead of me. So I would say, do not worry if you can't get a reservation for Ogus Cantina. You can get in. And the line looked very long. Like I came up and I was like, oh, glad I have a reservation because those poor people were waiting this whole time. Well, it was, it was probably eight minutes from the back of the line all the way to the front. It moves rather quickly because they cram you in there. Okay, so this is the deal with Ogus Cantina. It was my favorite thing in Galaxy's Edge, hands down. It was so much fun. And there's very few places where you sit in there. 90% of the spots in the cantina are standing. So know that. Also, there's a 45-minute limit and I expect that will continue. Um, it is very popular and they want to get people in and out. There's a two drink maximum. Um, I don't, you would really be tossing them back. <laughs> you had two drinks in that 45 minutes, but uh, the people next to me did. I had one and that was plenty. So the drinks are strong and expensive. Um, I had the T, uh, T16 Skyhopper and with tax and tip, it was $20 for one drink. However, you're paying for the experience in there and the experience is excellent. So it's very interactive. There's lots of antics that go on in the cantina, much like Trader Sam's, if you've ever been there at the Polynesian or in Disneyland. There's like songs that come on and everyone like does clapping to it and yelling and um, you know, I don't want to give it all away, but just say that it is definitely an entertaining experience to go there. You will likely be put with other people. And so it's a great, it's a very social event. It's a great way to meet people. Um, I loved it. The drink I had was excellent. Um, the people next to me were, some of them were having the fuzzy tauntaun and there's this foam on the top that has some compound in it that numbs your lips and tongue. <laughs> like you would never get me to drink that I said that is too much like going to the dentist which I hate so anyway they could they couldn't get over it they were like this is so weird I don't know if I like it I was like y'all are braver than I am uh, anyway it was a blast um highly recommended and don't be discouraged by a line do not think you need reservations um definitely not to be missed however I have to say one more thing about it I don't think it's a great place for kids I mean the most of the most of the spots are at these high tables and if you had a little one with you like they would just be standing there like under the table or you'd have to pick them up and hold them to see anything um it's also a very like party like atmosphere it's a very loud um it's very it's like a club almost i have to say so um I personally would not. If there's any way you could go and not take little ones, I would do that if it's possible. Um, I just wouldn't recommend trying to take little ones in there. And there were kids who were like 10 and 11, and they were fine because at least they could see up over the tables and stuff. Um, so I'd say probably that's a minimum age to take them there. I mean, it's not inappropriate in any way. It's just it would be difficult. The, the logistics would be challenging with little kids. So um, anyway, I have 
blog posts coming soon on Galaxy's Edge. I'm doing two of them. And um, one is going to be geared towards going to Galaxy's Edge as a non-Star Wars fan, which I am not. I would not call myself a Star Wars fan. Like, I've seen some of the movies. <laughs> I'm definitely not a Star Wars fan. But I think you can have, obviously, you can have a great experience there not being a Star Wars fan. And I just have some advice for people going there thinking, God, am I going to even, am I going to hate this place? Now, it, it's great. Um, also, just general tips and tricks for going because I think there is a lot to know that can help you have a better experience. Um, and the main thing is that it's just meant to be kind of experienced like you are a foreigner in a different planet. So you can't read a lot of the signage. It's in a different language. Um, and you don't really know where you're going. You're meant to be lost kind of and wander through it and kind of explore through the land. And so I just found myself going into every open door. I just wanted to see what was in every part. And that was the fun of it. It's like, I don't know what's in here. You can ask the person outside and the cast members are all in character. Like they are native to the planet of Batu, And they will, if you ask them about like what what will look the best on Instagram they'll say what is this I've heard other people mention this thing that you have in your planet Instagram what is that so they're in character and it's really fun to interact with them so that's another thing I would talk to them if you can um, okay, so after that, I went and ate more, um, unfortunately, gross quick service food at Hollywood Studios for this post that I'm doing. I mean, it's a tough life. Like, I have to go and eat all this food, but uh, I was sampling it. Obviously, I couldn't eat all the portions, but um, unfortunately, the quick service scene is pretty grim at Hollywood Studios, and it, I was hoping for better results today, and I really didn't have much, but I am going to rank the <laughs> quick service dining at Hollywood Studios in this post and make recommendations on where's the best place to go. Um, I busted over to Magic Kingdom then, which took about 30 minutes, and just wanted to go and hang out in Magic Kingdom for a little bit this afternoon and do like adult things that I can't normally do and I have my daughter with me, like go on the Haunted Mansion, which would terrify her, um, and just hang out and people watch, which is always been my favorite thing to do at Disney World is people watch. From when the time when I was a little kid, I loved people watching. I'll be right there. Hold on a second. Sorry, that was the front desk delivering my Magical Express um, paperwork, which I'll explain in a second. Um, so anyway, um, after Magic Kingdom, I went over to Epcot to check out a little bit more at Food and Wine Festival. It was so hot today. I was fading fast at this point. Um, I took the bus from Magic Kingdom to the boardwalk actually I intended to take the bus to the beach club and then walk to the back entrance to Epcot that is between the France and the UK pavilion however as I was walking up the bus to the beach club was pulling away so I took the boardwalk bus that came a minute later because though it is a little bit farther walk it's about five minutes farther it was better use of my time than waiting 20 minutes for the next beach club bus to come so I went to the back entrance of Epcot and I finished my way around World Showcase. Um, everything I had at Food and Wine Festival was really good this year. I love how much effort they put into every dish. You can tell that it's like every little detail has been thought out and um, handcrafted. And that's what I love about Food and Wine is if you're a foodie at all, or if you just like food, you must get to Food and Wine Festival. So I'm going to share some of my favorite things that I had um, in the Facebook group and uh, on the blog. And if you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, please do. It's the budget. Just search for the Budget Mouse. At, at, it's a private group, so you have to ask to join and someone will add you. 
So after I was um, completely wiped out at Food and Wine, oh, I grabbed an item for a giveaway. I did look through Mouse Gear, the shop at Epcot, and I have an item to give away to a lucky reader or listener. So watch for that soon, um, and I will be giving away. I'm not gonna say what it is, but it's it's very cute. Um, then I bust over to Old Key West, where I am staying for tonight. So. I mentioned yesterday I had to move the reservation with DBC points, but I was able to get into Old Key West, and um, I didn't have the preferred room location. There's like um, close to the hospital hospitality house studios, and then there's all the rest of the studios. So I put in a room request to be at this um, oh what is this area called Peninsular Road, and I got a great room location that is I can see the main hospitality house from here. So it was very, very close. And I was really happy with it. Um, I am leaving tomorrow flying home. And so that there's a trick with Magical Express. Like if you're just staying for one night, they deliver the Magical Express paperwork in the morning. So you're not checked into your room yet. Someone else is in your room. So you have to call when you arrive and just ask that they send the paperwork to you for your trip the next morning. And it's not a big deal. It takes 30 seconds to call the front desk and ask for um, just for them to deliver your Magical Express paperwork. So about Old Key West, the rooms were recently renovated, the studios, I believe all the rooms. Um, And what is special about Old Key West is that it's the only DVC studio that has two queen beds. All the other studios have a queen bed and then a pull-out couch. So it's perfect for when you're traveling with someone you don't want to share a bed with. For example, I made a girl's trip with my mother-in-law and we stayed at Old Key West on rented points. And um, it worked out great because we each had our own bed. So I'm not really a big fan of sleeping on the pull-out couch. So this was the best choice for us. Um, it's also very affordable with points. So during the lowest times, of, the lowest, cheapest times of year with renting DVC, um, which are January, all of January, all of September, and the first half of December, it's only 10 points a night. And if you're renting points, you're usually paying anything from $16 to $18 a point. So for $160 at the lowest a night, you can stay in a deluxe resort, which is an incredible value. So um, I recommend Old Key West for that when you're traveling with someone that um, you, where you both want your own beds. And it's a lovely resort. It's got a great vibe. Um, and the new the renovations to the room are amazing. So I'm going to um, maybe come at you again tomorrow with some more thoughts after I um, get back home. But um, that's it for now. So thanks for listening. Hey there, I wanted to add a few more thoughts now that I am back home reflecting on this trip. And the first is about Galaxy's Edge. I did not mention the special the special merchandise that is available there that um, many people are talking about. So first is the Droid Depot is the location where you can build your own custom droid. And that is $99 and up to build the droid. The second is Savvy's Workshop, which is where you can build your own custom lightsaber. And that's $199 and up. Now about these, they certainly are um, pricey. However, you're paying for the experience as much as the item. Particularly at Savvy's Workshop, there's a lot of ritual 